Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another PTBC Podcast episode, and we hope you're excited. This is Sarush, and I'm joined by my uh, colleague Slava. Hey, everyone. So today we're pleased to introduce Dr. Cameron Marshall, aka the Concussion Doc. He's a doctor of chiropractic and he's also completed a two-year postdoc residency in sports sciences. Uh, Dr. Marshall speaks a lot at a lot of conferences and conducts a lot of research related to concussions. He is the founder and president of Complete Concussion Management Incorporated. Now what they do at Complete Concussion is empower many multidisciplinary clinics across Canada, Australia, and the U.S by providing them with the necessary tools they need to implement evidence-based concussion care for athletes and other patients with concussions. Dr. Marshall has a lot of passion and expertise in concussion treatment and rehabilitation, helping those with mild traumatic brain injuries receive the care that they need. He has been working on his business for some time now and providing some, some of this business knowledge to these clinics to make the most of their practice and reach more patients. To get a full list of their services, visit www.completeconcussions.com. All right, it's time to get down to business. How are you doing today, Dr. Marshall? I'm good, guys. How are you? We're doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to uh, learn a little bit more about what you do and and how the business side has uh, impacted your journey. So we'll get right into it. And uh, we know that you're heavily involved in the topic of concussions. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey up until creating Complete Concussion Management and how concussion management really became your passion? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I played a lot of sports as a kid. I'm from uh, up north of Thunder Bay, so northern kid, played a lot of hockey. Uh, and uh, um, concussions were, you know, obviously very common when I, was, when I was playing, but we didn't really think too much of it. So it wasn't really like a focus of mine when I was a kid. I was also a goalie, so I didn't really get any concussions when I played. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then when I went to Western uh, for kinesiology, I was taking a sports injury program. And with that sports injury program, uh, they, would, they would pair us with um, various sports teams. And I got paired with the uh, Western men's hockey team. And so nice. that's when, you know, concussions started to happen. And, you know, I wasn't really uh, well trained on, on how to deal with them. Obviously I was a fourth year kin student at the time. And, um, and then I went to chiropractic college and I did a, I ended up doing a two year postdoctorate residency after I finished up with Cairo. And with that, you have to do an original research topic. And um, it was right around the time of Sidney Crosby's injury. And so I got really fascinated with concussions. And I know that he was getting treated by a chiropractor down in the States. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, what chiropractic concussion, like, how does this fit together? I mean, I just just don't get it. And, um, and so I started doing my own kind of research into concussion and found this huge, you know, gap in, in the research at the time. And so that became my interest and my focus. And so I, I, I partnered up with the University of Buffalo and they have, uh, uh, for those that know the, you know, concussion space, uh, Dr. John Letty at, at the University of mm-hmm. Buffalo has a, has a, a well-known concussion research program. And so uh, he was kind enough to take me on to uh, help me do my, my thesis uh, mm-hmm. for my, for my sports medicine 
program. That's awesome. And um, yeah, so we started, I was researching actually uh, how the neck can influence, you know, concussion symptoms and how the symptoms of whiplash and the symptoms of concussion directly kind of overlap with each other. And, 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 and the, the reason that I went with the University of Buffalo is because that they were kind of hinting at this topic as well. They were kind of at the point where um, they were suggesting that, you know, concussion and whiplash have a lot of similarities. And a lot of these patients might actually be suffering from neck dysfunction, uh, and not necessarily concussion. And so that was that was kind of my first you know, interest in this space was, you know, being a chiropractor, you know, how can we help people with this? And so learning more and more about it, it turns out that now more evidence is emerging on this showing that the best, you know, therapies for concussion. Uh, and actually there was a, there was, there, there was a news article today talking about how you can actually tr- treat a concussion, which most people don't believe that you can. It's, you know, they, they, the common Mm-hmm. treatment is you know just sit and rest and do nothing and um, now it turns out you actually can treat a concussion but and, and what are the treatments well you know treatment of the neck is one thing but then it's exercise you know in a in a sub-symptom threshold way it's vestibular therapy it's mm-hmm. visual therapy it's right. all the stuff that basically you know pts chiros ats have within their kind of scope um, and that turns out these are the most effective therapies for concussion. But, you know, so me being involved in kind of the research end of things and seeing all this unfold and just going, man, nobody knows this. Mm-hmm. There's so many patients out there that have ongoing concussion symptoms right now that can't get help. And they keep going to their doctor and keep going to the neurologist and they keep telling them to rest. And that's actually the wrong thing to do with a concussion. What yeah. you should be doing is getting active and doing rehab. But none of the rehab professionals had ever learned anything about concussions either. And so um, I started a program in my own clinic and very quickly got really busy with concussions. And it was just word of mouth. Like I didn't advertise. I didn't, I didn't have social media at the time. I wasn't doing any type of, uh, you know, any type of marketing on it. And um, quickly that grew. And, and I was really, really busy with concussion patients. And patients would always, you know, travel distances to see me. People coming from Aurelia and Kingston and London and wherever else. Um, and for those that are, you know, not from Southern Ontario, that those are, those are two, three hour drives for these patients to come and see me for a visit. And so they would always ask, you know, how can I get this uh, type of care where I live, you know, I'm in, I'm in wherever, and I'm going to the university sports medicine clinic and nobody there is doing any of this stuff. Um, you know, who, who can I go to? And so it just kind of clicked for me then is, is okay. This is, this is my way to, to help people is to try and empower more healthcare professionals, try to educate them because right now, uh, as you guys know, you guys probably haven't covered very much in terms of concussion management in physio school. And, um, that at the time, um, there was, there was no education for these healthcare professionals. And so that's, that's kind of the, the, the genesis of, of complete concussion management and my passion for, for trying to do, um, our, our, our current mission right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of gaps in terms of research with respect to concussions, because I was doing a small project about it, uh, for physio as well about concussions in terms of whether you should rest or whether you should exercise. And a lot of systematic uh, reviews were contradictory on the topic, uh, even at the time. But we found a good amount of evidence supporting that you should be getting active as well. Um, yeah. 
and that and that evidence continues to grow. And so I think that, you know, it started with an idea of, of you know, well, rest isn't working. What else should we be doing? And uh, kudos to the guys in Buffalo for kind of taking that on initially. And um, and then other people in the space. I mean, U of T is big into this right now. There's a lot of stuff going on at U of T and they're actually pushing the envelope in terms of uh, how early we should be exercising. And, and there's the kind of the more recent evidence is showing that even even as early as one day, yeah. After after the injury might potentially be beneficial to to people. So it's uh, it's crazy how far it's come in, in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And we've received a couple of guest lectures from uh, Dr. Doug Richards. Yeah. Um, he's big into concussions as well and uh, very educational lectures and took a lot away took a lot away from them as well. Yeah, actually he was one of the authors on that study I'm talking about. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah, I think I've seen that study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Getting back to uh, your motivation about starting Complete Concussion Management Inc., could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of what I was saying before with with just having um, you know people that were suffering from these injuries and having to travel so far and and realizing that you know with just a couple treatments you have such tremendous results and these are people with you know symptoms for for months to years after their injury and you're able to treat them and, and they get better. And you're just thinking like, you know, why, why aren't more people doing this? And, and the answer was simply that, that they didn't have the education. And so it was, you know, let's, let's educate people to be able to do this. You know, there's not like, I'm not special. I don't have any, you know, um, skills. It was just that I had taught myself and I had the knowledge from the research that I was doing to be able to kind of put this all together and kind of develop these algorithms for treatment from an evidence-based standpoint. And it's funny now because those same algorithms that I developed years ago are now being like published in studies. And I'm like, Hey, we've been doing that for years. Like it's good that uh, you know other people have found this and, and kind of shows that we're on the right, you know, path. And, um, it, it kind of came full circle as well. Like after we started, um, there was, so we used to do these courses. I'm just going to tell a quick story here. Yeah, we, sure. we, used to, we used to do the courses in person. And so I'd fly out to, you know, Vancouver or whatever. And I'd, I'd start Friday morning at 8am and, you know, I'd go all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'd take the red eye back to Toronto and I'd be in my clinic Monday. And it was just like, you know, just a whirlwind. And every, you know, every couple of weeks we were in a different city and we were doing these courses with, you know, 20, 30 people in it. And, um, I remember I went to Ottawa and we had these, we had these, these girls that are still a part of our clinic. Um, at uh, Dynamic Physio and Chiropractic in in Ottawa, just outside in uh, in uh, Canada, and these girls uh, had taken our course in Toronto. And then, like a couple years later, we were in Ottawa doing another seminar, and they came in because they wanted to kind of research and refresh their knowledge. And I started going around the room and just asking people, you know, what's your experience with concussion, um, and you know, either personal or or from your you know practice, and do you see these a lot or not at all or whatever. And uh, when I got to them, I was like, hey, what's going on, guys? You know, like, you know, tell us your story. How has the program been for you and whatever? And they just told the story about how they've had patients come in and just cry, break down into tears that, you know, they've looked everywhere for treatment and never been able to get some. And now they could. And they just told these stories. And it was like, man, it made me like well up because I'm like, holy crap, people that I've never met now just by passing this knowledge off you end up casting such a wide net and you're able to help an exponential amount of people. Um, and that's, and that's kind of, you know, what keeps us motivated to, uh, to, to keep going. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, from what we've seen, at least clinically as well, there's uh, concussion can definitely influence a lot of people. And I found that some people don't even know they've had a concussion. So um, it's, it's really important that, you know, you guys are doing this and you guys are educating people on like how to even diagnose a concussion and, and then go about treating it because, uh, you know, it would be a lot more dangerous, you know, the post-concussion uh, concussion syndrome or um, those, uh, the uh, period of vulnerability after the first concussion. Th- those are all important things that I think as healthcare professionals, we need to consider um, when we, you know, manage individuals, especially in sports, right, when they get a concussion or even motor vehicle accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to dive a little bit uh, deeper into understanding a little bit more about uh, the business model um, around uh, complete concussion. Could you maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're uh, basically a continuing education and training platform. Um, so we provide education to the clinics um, and the practitioners of, of all different types. So, uh, uh, sports medicine, physicians, uh, physiotherapists, chiropractors, ATs, very multidisciplinary based kind of program. Um, the training, like I said, it used to be in person, uh, but now it's all online, which I think is better because it, it kind of delivers some consistency there. So you remember that, you know, everything that needs to be said, gets said, you know, if you do a course in person, you're like, Oh damn, I forgot to have to talk about this, you know, one element or whatever, but when it's online, you kind of have that control where, where things are, um, you know, more standardized and you can have, you know, um, various examinations and things like that to make sure people are actually retaining the information, but an in-person course, I mean, after that long trying to get somebody to stick around and write an hour long exam, would be tough, but, but anyway, so yeah, so we're, uh, an education and training platform. And, uh, we've also developed a proprietary uh, concussion software program that the clinics get access to, uh, upon completion of the course, which kind of brings them into our network. And, uh, that system allows them to be able to do all the things they need to be able to do for concussion. For example, you have your Buffalo treadmill tests on there. You have your Chicago Blackhawks tests on there. You have all your baseline, you know, balance force plate tests. You have all your reaction time tests. You have all your uh, clinical notes, you have your, your scat tests, you have, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a database that has all that stuff in there for the clinicians to be able to access it. Um, and so that software, the way that, I mean, the easiest way to think about it, um, is, is almost like we're, uh, you know, the Airbnb of concussion. I think that's probably the, um, easiest explanation where it's like, we don't, we don't necessarily like own the clinics. These aren't our clinics, right? Just like Airbnb doesn't own the properties. They're, they're other people's properties, but Airbnb owns the software and technology to be able to kind of link, um, you know, consumer with, with, um, with the, place with with the property and and we're kind of the technology that allows the um the patient to be able to access the right clinician at the right time and have that clinician have the right tools to be able to manage that case appropriately right that's Mm -hmm. awesome definitely and um this is definitely a great program to provide to clinics just to be able to broaden your reach with uh, treatment of concussions and to reach those populations that uh you personally are unable to get to and um that's amazing for the rehab industry as well. Uh, we were just wondering what kind of business support do you provide to these clinics that adopt your program? Um, we try to look at this as a partnership, right? So we, 
we provide them with, I mean, a access to the system and, you know, all those tools to be able to help them, you know, manage the injuries appropriately that this database system also links with a smartphone app that patients have access to. So the patients can input their symptoms on a daily basis. There's also an app that goes for coaches and trainers on the sidelines. So any team or organization that's working with one of our clinics, they can actually report a concussion or suspect a concussion right from the sidelines, right into one of our clinics. That clinic can immediately kind of, you know, fast track that athlete in the door because they get the injury report within seconds of it happening. Um, so those types of tools obviously allow them to have a more robust program than, than anyone else would be able to have in their area. Uh, we also, um, assign them a program development manager that works with kind of a region of clinics that will help to, um, you know, make inroads with sports programs, uh, schools, that type of thing to make those connections. Um, actually one of the things we're, we're looking at right now is insurance for motor vehicle accident claims. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just to kind of frame this. If you look at right now, what's happening in, um, in motor vehicle accident insurance in Ontario, at least there's a thing called the MIG, which is the minor injury guideline mm-hmm. and the minor injury guideline automatically gives a patient, uh, access to about $3,500 of care when they're involved in a motor vehicle accident if the injury is what's considered to be a minor injury. So basically any type of, you know, if you have a sore neck, you're, you're in the MIG and you get access to $3,500 worth of treatment and care. Mm -hmm. When you have a concussion, this is actually not considered a minor injury. And so this gets you access to $50,000 worth of treatment coverage uh, for your injuries. And so it's interesting because when we look at our data and one of the things that this database does now is it allows us to look at big data. Uh, this database actually is probably the largest concussion, de- in, in, concussion database in the entire world. Um, we got, you know, tens of thousands of people on it. Um, and, and there's no other system like that in, in, in the world. But what we can do with that now is we can look at the data and go, what's the average, you know, length of recovery for a patient coming in with a concussion injury. Mm-hmm. And, we found that if they come and see one of our clinicians who's been trained in this area uh, within the first 10 days of their injury, the average number of treatment visits is four and a half. So basically five treatments, uh, five, not even treatments, just five visits. Uh, I use the word treatment, but I mean visits. And that could include, you know, exercise, education, counseling, vestibular, visual, whatever that may, the patient may have. The average number of visits is five, which means that if you're charging, let's say, even $100 a visit, the amount of money it costs to get somebody better is 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about the minor injury guideline being 3,500, but you're talking about the potential for these patients to access $50,000. Right. And if you look at um, patients coming in even six months later into our clinics, the average number of treatment visits is eight. So even then, when you have a really chronic patient, which is a lot harder to treat, the average cost of that is only about 1000 bucks. And again, we see patients all the time that have access to the full 50,000. And so the other thing that we've been developing is kind of these proprietary um, algorithms to try and predict recovery time. Imagine if you could say to a patient coming in that, you know, you're going to be better in 54 days just based on who they are as a person, what type of medications they're currently taking, what their symptom score is, how many concussions they previously have and whatever other variables that are found to be important through our machine learning algorithms can actually now start to predict the recovery time of an individual. And so that's something that's extremely powerful um, for, you know, insurance companies and, and, and kind of formulating some of these partnerships that we're looking at right now, because these people are basically, you know, writing blank checks um, for, you know, patients to get better. And they're spending a lot of money when it's, 
potentially unnecessary. Um, and actually, we just had our first model uh, done today, and our system can accurately predict the the days from assessment to recovery of a given patient within um, an error rating of about ten days. Mm-hmm. So within within a ten day span, we can predict when when a patient is going to be better. So that is insane. I was like floored to see that too. That's amazing right. to be able to do that. So I think, I mean, that, that type of stuff, I think is stuff that comes with, you know, being a part of, of the network is being able to showcase that. And so these are the type of partnerships we're working on to try and um, help our network become the go-to place for, for concussion treatment and management. Um, you know, and there's also the social media support, that type of stuff, providing, um, you know, different tiles and things that people can use on their Instagram. And, and we have, uh, you know, PR and marketing and, you know, that type of stuff that we, we offer support to our clinical network. So there's a lot of type of, you know, support partnership stuff that we, we like to consider our clinics to be, to be partners, not necessarily, you know, customers or clients. They're, they're, they're part of our team. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you know, the algorithm seems like a, a really cool thing that you guys are developing. And, you know, if, if you guys are able to definitely kind of use that to accurately predict within 10 days and consistently be able to kind of provide that prognosis for patients, it, it's going to be a really powerful tool for a lot of uh, clinicians, regardless of physio, um, chiro, whatever it is, because at the end of the day, it's the patient that wants to know when they'll get better and, and you know, how, right? Um, yeah, it's not only, and it's, it's not only just like, when am I going to get better but maybe what we can do now is start looking at what treatments are most effective for you exactly based on on who you are let's say you're a 45 year old female who's been in a car accident you've had you know your symptom score is this your main symptoms are dizziness and headaches and blah 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 and you just go through that whole thing but the algorithm will spit out the being like look not only is it going to take you this long to recover but the best treatment approach for you is to have you know uh, a little bit of uh, c-spine work and also some vision therapy you know like i just to give you you know what what you think the best approach is going to be and so i think you can really nail that down and you could potentially improve the recovery time of these patients just by using data as a tool Mm-hmm. And you also touched on uh, something really important. You said you provided uh, support to your clinics um, and you become their partner. And uh, when we're actually looking through, um, you know, the website and just seeing how things looked um, in the open your clinic section, you see one of the steps that actually talks about grow your network. Now, how important have you found this step in the entire process um, of uh, becoming a clinic uh, and providing of becoming a um, a provider for these clinics uh, with these evidence-based concussion management programs. Yeah. I mean, the, the concussion is extremely multifaceted, right? So it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, that go into concussion management and there's a lot of different uh, practitioners that, that are involved when a concussion occurs. And so um, I think that one of the big things that we've been trying to, you know, uh, push, throughout our network is this multidisciplinary approach. And, you know, the average, you know, physio chiro clinic may have chiros and physios, uh, but they may not have a physician on staff. And so in these cases, what, what they typically do is they'll either work in conjunction with patients, family doctors, they'll reach out to family doctors in the area and say, Hey, this is a program that, that we do. This is the evidence behind what we do. This is how we might be able to help you co-manage some of these patients. And then they become a referral source for those physicians. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but also it goes the other way when it, when a patient may be coming into to one of our clinics having let's say a sports medicine doc in town that we've formed a relationship with to be able to say you know what you know things are looking a little bit weird here I want you to go see a sports med doc and see if there's something I'm missing um, you know that's that's a huge plus but then there's vision therapy right you have neuro optometrists mm -hmm. uh, that, that are that are involved in a lot of these cases uh, you have you know people with advanced vestibular training because you know our program is going to cover a lot on the vestibular stuff how it pertains to concussion but if somebody has you know a very kind of unique vestibular disorder that requires a little bit more expertise well okay is this a neurologist is this a vestibular physio is this you know somebody just with a little bit more advanced training than that than you might have but forming that kind of community that collaborative network um, has been you know a huge part of our business and trying to, cause I mean, all of that, does, like that helps you in any, in any aspect. If you're, if, if you're a healthcare practitioner to kind of grow your network, collaborate with other professionals, refer amongst each other um, because it does go both ways. And so, you know, kind of, um, you know, casting that net and, 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 and forming that network, I think is, is paramount to, physiotherapy practice in general. Um, but that, that's something that is especially true when it comes to concussions, just because of how much is involved, um, potentially with concussion. I mean, you can have hormone imbalances and you can have all sorts of different, different issues. And so that's why, you know, that network is important. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, Dr. Marshall, you've already made such an impact on, uh, concussion research and what you've done with these, uh, with this, with a program, uh, complete concussion management as well and the kind of uh, awareness that you've spread, plus <laughs> the innovative algorithm that you've created is amazing as well to make sure that uh, the money is allocated to the right um, people, to the right treatment from the insurance. Um, what's your ultimate goal uh, with all of this that you're doing? What do you want to accomplish at the end of your career? Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I haven't really, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where you just kind of, you go, okay, no, this is the right thing to do. This is what I'm doing right now. And you don't really think much about like, you know, what do I, what's my, my, my overall, you know, my obituary statement, you know, going to say, and you know, how are people going to remember me and all that stuff? I haven't really uh, given much thought to that, but I mean, I think really just the overall, the overall goal is just to continue trying to help as many people as possible. I think that's really what I set out to do from the get go was try to help more people that, you know, couldn't necessarily come and see me. Um, but let's empower other people to be able to see these patients. And so that's, I think that's really my, my overall goal. And I have people all over the, like all, all over the place that will just kind of direct message me on Instagram and saying like, thank you so much. I went into a complete concussion management clinic uh, and I'm feeling so much better. And so it's, you know, wow, that's, that's amazing. Right. So that's that, that feel good, you know, thing that kind of keeps me going. So I think that that would probably be my answer for that one. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you've been able to, like Slava was saying, you've been able to reach a lot of people on uh, social media and people have been reaching out to you and, you know, you've developed quite a large social media following, uh, especially on Instagram. Um, how have you been able to develop this and how has this impacted your business? Um, I mean, I think, I mean, if you look at Instagram, like, look, if you try to find, you know, other concussion, you know, type, type influencers, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. there isn't really um, 
a lot, right? So like when I, when I, I just started this in, I think December of, of last year. So it hasn't even been a year yet, but um, just started posting content um, and, and kind of making myself accessible. I think that was one of the things I wanted to accomplish with it is, is having people, you know, ask me questions and, you know, we do things that are a little bit different than what you'd see. I mean, I think we probably have one of the only live Q and a shows on concussions uh, that you could find anywhere on any social media platform. You know, I, I don't know any, any of any other ones, but um, yeah, I think that was, that was the, I think that was the, I guess how it just kind of happened. It wasn't like, it was like, Oh, I'm going to get, make this, you know, huge Instagram account. It was mostly um, I'm going to post content. I'm going to try and share. I'm going to try and educate and I'm going to try and make myself accessible for people to, um, you know, ask me questions because it's, it's, it's almost like demystifying, you know, concussion because everyone looks at concussion as a, this, you know, scary thing that, you know, is so unknown and, oh, we don't know anything about it. But in fact, you know, there, we do know a lot about it and there's a lot we don't know. And I think we still have a lot of work to do, but, but with what we do know, um, you know, you can help a lot of people. And so that was, I think that's been the goal. Um, and I mean, we have two channels, like, I mean, there's the concussion doc channel, but there's also at complete concussions channel, uh, which I think they have over 10,000 followers or something as well. Um, and I think that one there, we have like Instagram TV on that. Um, we have a really, really great, um, like social media, um, uh, person who's just, who just kills it every day. So, um, I think that's been a big help for at least that channel. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think Instagram is, is kind of the way to go now. I mean, if you look at other platforms, I mean, Twitter's great for, for kind of getting your, you know, your, your kind of hot off the press, you know, stories and tidbits and things like that. But I mean, I'm not really a big Twitter fan myself, uh, just scrolling through, you know, that, that type of stuff is just not really appealing to me, which is probably why I only have about a hundred followers on Twitter. Um, but I think Instagram is, is a really good platform because you can show things, um, and you can be, you know, engaging, you can go, you know, live stream, you can do all sorts of cool stuff with it. So, um, that's, that's, I think how it's gone so well. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. When you come from a place of trying to provide value and trying to help other people out, you definitely are able to accomplish these things via yeah. social media and make a difference in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. But Dr. Marshall, you definitely combine, uh, kind of, three roles in one, you combine the skills of a scholar, researcher, entrepreneur, all in one. Um, well, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> from our perspective. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you think the three essential skills are that make you a really effective entrepreneur specifically? Um, that's, a, that's a deep question there. Are you going to make me talk about myself? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think... I mean, I think one of the things that I'm, I've always been really good at is, is taking a complex topic and being able to kind of teach it. So I've always been a bit of a teacher um, in, in that way of, of, you know, studying with people, you know, there'd be complex topics and I'd always try to find a way to break it down or make an analogy of some kind that would really simplify, you know, something that was really extremely complex. And so I think that that was an area and especially when you talk about concussions, right? There's so much going on and there's so much noise, but being able to kind of bring all that together and, and create a story of, of, okay, this is what we know. Um, I think that has allowed us to, to, to grow because, you know, the, the education is interesting. 
um, and it's effective. And I think people are learning and they're able to take those skills and apply them and get their patients better, which then, I mean, 30% of our referrals come from word of mouth. 30% of our referrals come from family docs in the area and 30% of our referrals come from people just finding us on Google and whatever else. And so I think that having that word of mouth and, you know, just kind of shows you that you're, that you're doing a good job with your education because people are, you know, applying the techniques and, and, and getting their patients better. Mm-hmm. Um, Three, eh? <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I think that the concussion space is, is changing quite rapidly. So being able to, to you know, kind of uh, be a little bit nimble and kind of innovative in certain ways and kind of think about things differently is something that um, I'm, I, I consider myself to be fairly you know, decent at, I'm not rigid in my thinking. And I think that really helps, especially when, you know, you can get caught up being like, well, this is, this is what we know about concussions right now. And this is what I'm going to do. But if that pigeonholes you, um, you're, you're kind of, you know, stuck because things are changing so quickly. Right. But the good thing about our program and the way that we've done it is our mandate is evidence-based. And so, you know, when all these products come out and there's so much noise and people are going, oh, try my, you know, EEG headset. And like we get contacted from products like you wouldn't believe, right? Because we have a network of 250 clinics around the world. Well, you know, that that's something that they want to get their product into. And so, you know, we just take the role of, of being evidence-based and, and, and kind of sticking to that. And so it allows us though to, to kind of change with the times, right? So uh, as, as new evidence emerges, you know, it doesn't really affect us. It just gets lumped into what we're already doing and we continue to get better and better and better. And so we're not, it doesn't, it doesn't pigeonhole us in that way. So I think, you know, that kind of innovation and, and being able to move and change and adapt with the times is, is, uh, is, is something that, that I'm, I guess, decent at. <laughs> um, and then I think that you have to really like what you're doing. If you, you know, if you don't have, that passion. I mean, what the hell are you doing? Right. So, um, I think that this is an area where I feel that I'm doing a good thing. I get the patient feedback. I mean, our clinics right now have a 95% patient satisfaction rating that come out. Um, you know, so, I mean, 95% of patients are having a really good experience and wrote and, and voting, um, you know, good to excellent on, on pretty much everything across the board. And so, you know, what healthcare, you know, career or like what healthcare program has, you know, that quality. I mean, go on rate my MD and see what you see, you know, like, like nobody has good ratings on there, but it's like, you know, you usually hear the bad reviews, but we get a lot of good ones. So, I mean, 95% of the patients have that, have that positive satisfaction. So I know that I'm doing a good thing. I know. And that's, and I think that's what continues to drive me. I'm passionate about helping people in this space because no one else is. And so, and I wouldn't say, I, wouldn't say, I shouldn't say no one else is. I don't want to sound that, that ridiculous, but, <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where I feel like there isn't enough. And so I have to just kind of keep going. And so um, that's what, you know, keeps me pushing through all the, you know, negativity that, that people, you know, and all the people always try to, you know, you know, throw shade at you when you're, when you're trying to do something big. And so um, I think that having that passion allows you to keep you know, see the vision, keep going. Um, and I think that's important. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we're a big believer of passion and, you know, moving us forward and, and at least what we're doing as well. A lot of what drives PT business corner is I think our passion our, our dedication to wanting to help change the industry similar to what you have been doing. And you know, it's really great to hear that your the, the patients that have been impacted by uh, your programs have uh, such satisfaction and it's ultimately all about the patient right we 
that's why we're all in this. And um, so it's great to hear that. Yeah. I mean, what, like what I wouldn't, and here's the thing, right? Like I wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have a business if, if we weren't, if patients weren't continuing to come back for, for the excellent service that we're providing. Right. Like that's the thing. And so that's why it's like, if your passion is helping people, then, then you will be successful. Right. But if you're, if you're thinking about other things and you're not in it for the right reasons, well, you know, that's going to show up pretty quickly and things are going to fall apart pretty quickly. And so um, I think that's, that's an important you know point to make is that you, know, you have to really love what you're doing. And if you love what you're doing, that'll show and, and that'll, that'll show in the treatment you provide and that'll show in um, the results you see and that'll show in the success of you. Yeah. And, and that's definitely one thing that, we've learned from talking to a lot of individuals, you know, on our podcast is, you know, business is obviously not only about just crunching the numbers, right. And, you know, there's so many different parts of a business and, you know, the fact that providing the valuable service and helping the individual feel better and helping them, you know, progress in their recovery, that is feeding back into your business. You know, you're not doing it for the money, you're doing it for them, but it, it's a win-win situation at the end of the day because that helps boost your business as well as boost your just morale or right? you feel good about what you're doing every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, 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 a, there's a lot of number crunching that has to go into it. I mean, oh, yeah. Lie about <laughs> no, that. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that, that um, you know, just, just making sure that you're, you're doing the best that you can and, and, and just making sure it makes sense from a, from, from a business standpoint. And, and I mean, that's, I think there's a little bit of a balancing act there of making sure that the numbers make sense, but also, um, you know, trying to provide, provide as much value as you can within the confines of, of what your budget may be. But yeah. So, yeah, well, again, like you said, numbers are important, which brings me to my next question, actually, um, you know, doing all this uh, must be, difficult to obviously have do that all by yourself and we know that you have a big team uh with you that you know a lot of great members on your team how has that been impacting your business and uh, your reach to individuals i mean i wouldn't be anywhere without my without my team right like i mean you're uh, you know the the saying that one of our investors has is you know surround yourself with great people and great things will happen and so um you know our our team is, is, you know, paramount to, to our success. And, and a lot of them have been with me for, you know, a number of years. And so um, we work, you know, fairly well together. And, um, you know, that's, that's another thing about how, how I am as a, as, as, as an entrepreneur or as a, you know, quote unquote business person. And by the way, I feel weird saying that because I've never thought of myself as that, but um, <laughs> you know, one thing that, that we really do is every Monday we meet as a team, uh, we go through, you know, everything that's, that's kind of going on, you know, kind of in the space, you know, we talk about, you know, things that are going on at different clinics, different, you know, teams that we have lined up coming in for testing and different things on, on whatever days and, you know, that type of stuff. But, but also any type of ideas and kind of innovative things we want to do, we'll sit down and whiteboard stuff. And I'm never, I've never been one of those people that's like a, this is what we're doing and this is how it's going to go. You know, I've never kind of run things like that. I've always been like, you know, here's what I'm thinking. What do you guys think? And people are like, no, that's stupid, Cam. Don't think like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. And I won't, it doesn't bother me. I mean, like people just tell me what you think. And so I think that kind of open dialogue has been, has been good for our team kind of gelling and, and kind of coming together and, and being a cohesive unit. So I think that's an important thing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, all of that knowledge you've acquired must have come from 
a lot of life experiences, positive and negative, as well as uh, some of the books that you've read over the course of your lifetime. <laughs> Are there any uh, books that you can recommend uh, that have really improved your uh, business acumen? Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know about like business acumen in, in that way, but uh, I, I read a lot of, um, I mean, I don't want to call them like self-help, but like, like self-improvement type books, you know, just like how to improve various skills and things like that. But I mean, from a business standpoint, actually, when I started Complete Concussion Management, I was reading The 4-Hour Workweek mm-hmm. uh, by Tim by Tim Ferriss. And so, I mean, that, that book's, uh, you know, older. And uh, I actually listened to Tim Ferriss's podcast and he kind of like, he hates on his own book a lot of times just because of some of the things he says and how he sounds and in and, and, and some of those chapters. But um, I think that that's a good book, not just for like, I mean, it sounds like, oh, you're taking like the easy way out because just the title says the four hour work week, but really what it is about time management. Um, and I think being as busy as I am, um, trying to, to really kind of schedule out your day in a way that says, okay, at this time I'm doing this, at this time I'm doing this, at this time I'm doing this. And you can really that way, you know, multitask. Cause I, you know, I still practice, I still treat patients a couple of days a week. And then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also a CEO and I have to be, you know, doing that. And I have to go to meetings, but I also then have to do all the research. Uh, I have a research assistant, but I still have to sit down and go through everything that's coming out on a, on a weekly basis. I have to do the, you know, every, every Wednesday we do a live video segment we do that podcast so um you know it's it i think time management was was the biggest thing i got out of that and and how to you know kind of delegate some of the tasks that that you can um and being able to kind of free up your yourself um that way so that that's that's one book that i i like and i tend to uh you know kind of come back to a little bit here and there um another one that I actually read last year on my honeymoon that kind of put things in perspective is the 80, 20 principle. You guys heard of the 80, 20 principle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Pareto yeah, principle. Pareto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, basically 80% of the revenue or 80% of the, you know, success you're going to have is going to come from 20% of what you do and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. 20% of your success and revenue is going to come from the 80%. And so you spend all your time, you know, you're, you spend hundred percent of time doing stuff, but really only 20% of that is going to make, the big difference. So what is that 20% and how can you, um, you know, kind of double down on your 20%. Um, and, and I think that's, that's something really too to focus on. Right. And I have a couple, um, um, quotes that, that actually I got from Tim Ferriss, but one of them is like that, what hinders your task is your task. So anything that's kind of standing in your way will be what you should be focusing on for that, that particular day. But if it's not standing in your way, well, it doesn't really, you know, count for that 80, 20, you know, principle. So, um, that's, that's one that, that, you know, I, I kind of come back to as well, uh, quite a bit. So that's why I'd say that one, but you know, I don't really read as many books as I listen to, you know, podcasts. Um, I don't know if you guys are, you know, podcast guys, but I like you know, listening to like, I'm hoping PTBC podcast is the number one. Yeah. On your list. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listen like I'm more like I, I like um, Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins. Um, there's this other guy I just got on to called Andy Frisella, who's like DEO. Have you guys heard of that guy? Um, <laughs> yeah, have you? <yeah. laughs> yeah, he's that definitely he's, rings yeah, a bell. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 uh, he's pretty sweet. So um, yeah, I mean, I just like I usually just throw those on at the gym and that kind of you know when I'm driving and stuff, and so that's why um, it allows me to save time and you know crush knowledge. So. 
that's why I like podcasts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're also a big fan of the audio books because we, oh, yeah. we can't really, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to drive and read and we don't really recommend that. So we, we like to hit up audible <laughs> to see. Oh yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was big into, uh, into audible and also like condensed, like condensed books, like Cole's notes versions just to get like, oh, yeah. You know, because you can, you know, you can crush a book in 15 wow. minutes. It's yeah. uh, it's pretty wild. I mean, obviously not the same effect as like sitting down and reading a book and kind of shutting your mind off because you're multitasking. But um, yeah. I think just in terms of like pure, you know, knowledge, um, you know, I was doing a ton of that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely, I think, good to have, you know, sit down and read a book sometimes just to relax if that's your thing. And having the audiobook and just podcast is a really good way to consume information on the go. Just make your car, you know, a moving university basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm always like, whatever I'm reading, like I'm usually reading scientific research, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if I'm going to sit down and read something, I'm usually reading, you know, there's, there's like a hundred studies a month that come out on concussion. So you can imagine how much time I spend, you know, just reading studies and kind of analyzing, interpreting, and then breaking it down. Cause, um, uh, I don't know if I've already mentioned this, but we, we always give, so every month we do a research update for all of our clinics. And so, um, we have to read all that research and then synthesize it, break it down, explain it, and then put it into a document that all of our clinics get. So now they're kind of kept up to date, you know, each month with all the new concussion research. And so that's something that, that we provide just as, as, you know, part of being in our network. And so, um, that's, that's most of my reading right there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Dr. Marshall, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. We're, we're coming to the end here, but before we uh, we head out, we wanted to ask uh, for you to provide uh, some links or maybe some emails or where our guests can find you on uh, social media or online in general. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I don't do a lot, much, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, at concussion underscore doc. Instagram is generally where I play. And uh, so you can find me there again at concussion underscore doc. Uh, the complete concussions Instagram is at complete concussions. Mm-hmm. Our Twitter account is a little different. It's at CCM concussions. Okay. And uh, they can find us on our website at um, complete concussions.com. That's where if you're interested in, you know, becoming a clinic or anything like that, they can fill out the forms uh, on there. And then somebody again kind of gets in touch with you and tries to see if your clinic is actually a good fit uh, to be a part of the network. And um, so, yeah, that's where you can find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. You've uh, definitely provided a lot of value, a lot of knowledge uh, about concussions and how you've been able to make a difference in, uh, uh, in some patients' lives and uh, the networks of clinics that you've contributed to. So, Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. And um, yeah. My pleasure, guys. My pleasure. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.